0: Welcome to the Back Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host Jason.
1: Here's your co-host, Danny.
0: Fans, we got an NFL playoff show for you today and a little additional topics here as well. But first, right into the playoffs, Danny. Uh, and where, boy, what an interesting wild card weekend. And it was indeed wild. Uh, let's say the least. Seahawks 49ers game. Uh, turned into what we thought was going to turn into, Danny. 49ers win. 41 to 23 uh, against the Seahawks. Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries for 119 yards, man. DK Metcalf goes for 136 yards on, on 10 receptions, two touchdowns. Uh, I'll just say this, Danny uh, interesting game, uh, the portions that I did watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am happy for Gino. Uh, Gino has found a home with the Seattle Seahawks. Gino went 25 for 35 for 253 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, But, again, the 49ers were just too much for him, man. That defense was something wicked. You got to watch out for the 49ers. What say you, Danny?
1: And, Jay, actually, that game, too, man, there was a key fumble by Gino in the fourth quarter that ended up turning that game around because Seattle actually was down, and then they came back. An air down 2317 in the fourth. The 49ers ended up putting some points on the board in that fourth quarter to uh open that open that up a little bit. But Seattle was hanging with them. They got out. Seattle got off to a slow start, but then they crept that back into that game and at least made it interesting. And like I said, Debo had a huge touchdown in the fourth quarter, a 74 yard touchdown reception, which he made he did most of the work on that one. And uh The 49ers are on to the second round, man.
0: They're on to the second round. Same thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, boy. What a wild game, Danny. The Jacksonville Jaguars wins on a field goal. 31-30 against the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert goes for 273 yards, just one touchdown. Trevor Lawrence, though, man, what... An interesting game, especially in the first half. He goes 28 for 47, 288 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. And Jacksonville Jaguars pulls this out. I picked Jacksonville. Yes, you did. And we thought this was going to be an interesting game. You know, the first time that both Justin and Trevor – uh, we're actually in the playoffs uh, going head-to-head. But, man, this is going to be something to see moving down the road here, man. At halftime, the score is 27-7. to Excuse me. Jacksonville just makes this epic comeback. Who would ever thought? What
1: say you, Danny? Well, Jason, as I always say, the Chargers are the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. <laughs> and they held true this week. The way they started, like gangbusters, man, and they just had – Trevor Lawrence shook with him having the four interceptions, but it was in the second half, man. They couldn't capitalize. They couldn't get points on the board, and they didn't run the ball. It was clock management, and then there was one time they punted where they could have kicked a field goal. There was just some questionable things that happened then. Herbert missed Keenan Allen on a touchdown, possible touchdown. So there was a lot that happened, man, and you could just see it on the Chargers' faces. And I've seen that look, obviously, being a Falcons fan, where it's like elation, and then it's like, uh uh-oh, and then it's like, uh uh-oh, we are in trouble. And it still took a miracle for Jacksonville to pull that one out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So congratulations to Jacksonville and for them bouncing back the way they did and not giving up. I think being at home helped Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. The crowd started getting into it because they were getting clowned on Twitter. A lot of people eating crow now (laughs) because that uh, that second half was no joke for Jacksonville. So congratulations to the Jaguars, and we'll see what happens with the Chargers and what they do in the offseason.
0: Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills. Bills move on, 34-31, which was a uh, a better-than-expected game in my opinion, uh, Danny. Uh, I honestly thought the Buffalo Bills was going to run away with this game, uh, it looked like it in the first quarter where it was 14 nothing, but Dolphins came back in the second quarter. There, halftime score ended up being 20 to 17. Uh, Skylar Thompson from the Miami Dolphins, 18 for 45, 220 yards, one touchdown, two mm-hmm. interceptions. Josh Allen, 352 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. All these interceptions that Josh Allen throws, man, I think it's going to come back to haunt him, man, eventually. Uh, not unless he cleans that up quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills move on, and it's going to be interesting uh, with their opponent, who we'll talk about next. What say you, Danny, about this Miami Dolphins-Buffalo Bills game?
1: Yeah, Miami came out slow, and then they had a couple of turnovers, and especially in the third quarter when they had a strip sack of Josh Allen, and they scored a touchdown. They actually went up 24-20. And you could kind of see it in Josh Allen's eyes, like, uh-oh. Like, his throws, he started panicking a little bit. His throws weren't as accurate. But then he calmed down, and kudos to Miami, man, because Skyler Thompson, he had some bad interceptions as well, man, that cost him some momentum in that second half. But they put up a fight, and no one expected them to be in this game the way they were, and they took the, the air out of the crowd in that second half, but then Buffalo battled back and ended up winning. So, like you said, this is going to be an interesting matchup coming up, which we'll talk about soon. And, then a game
0: that we knew something was going to happen. <laughs> we knew that the Minnesota Vikings were mm-hmm. go. The New York Giants going to Minnesota and beat them 31-24. to The New York football Giants. They go ahead and do it, man, behind Daniel Jones, 24-35, 301 yards, two touchdowns, but impressively enough, man, Daniel Jones has 17 carries for 78 yards. Mm-hmm. And I just got to say, man, this coaching staff of the New York Football Giants, man, I, I got to give them props. Kirk Cousins had an efficient game, 31 for 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, but it just wasn't enough. And we knew this was going to ha- was just bound to happen, Danny. All throughout the season, we were like, man, Minnesota Vikings, they're fools go, man. All these late comebacks and everything, it was going to eventually haunt them. Uh, and, man, Saquon Barkley, nine carries for 53 yards, two touchdowns. I wish they would have given him the ball a little bit more, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was enough. Uh, Daniel Jones, again, he goes ahead and does the rushing. Uh,
1: for the team, but what say you, Danny, about this game? Yeah, Jay Saquon. For those of you who watched the game, man, if you saw some of the moves he put on the Vikings, Ooh. he looked like the old Saquon prior yeah. to his knee injury. Mm-hmm. That he had some spins, and then he had one of his touchdowns. Those big thighs, man. He mm-hmm. he he ran to a big boy. He pushed him into the end zone, mm-hmm. and that was all legs. Congratulations to the Giants, the Vikings, man. It was. It was setting up though for them to make this comeback again. It was 31-24 and they're driving at the end of the game and they came up short on a fourth down play. It's tough, man, to see, you know, you go through the season, the season they had mm-hmm. and the way to lose the way they did at home. But the Giants played them tough last time in no Minnesota. Way. So so they yeah. were they were ready for him. And like you said, the coach, he instilled that confidence. We talked about this way back in week one. Mm-hmm. When they went for two against Tennessee, in Tennessee, when they hit that and they won that first game, because they had came back in that game, their confidence, he's built on that. And they have some, mm-hmm. pits, you know, peaks and valleys. But congratulations to them to make it to the second round. And another team, Minnesota, man, they have some decisions to make because they have a lot of talent. And they get, But they got to fix that defense.
0: And lastly, Danny, the game of the night, the Bengals against the Ravens. Uh, The Bengals prevail Mm -hmm. in this game, 24-17. Huntley for the Baltimore Ravens goes 17 for 29 for 226 yards, two touchdowns. Huntley, I I have to give him some form of props here, man, for stepping in and, you know, doing uh, a pretty decent job here. But he did have one interception. But more importantly, he had a fumble. Um, they were right at the goal line. They'll go ahead in the game. Yep. And he reaches over the pile, uh, thinking that he can, you know, break the plane uh, for the score. But nonetheless, uh, they knocked the ball out of his hands before he breaks the plane, and they run all the way back. What ninety nine yards, basically hundred yards, to uh, to the score here, uh, putting the Bengals on top, twenty four to seventeen. Joe Burrow. 23 for 32, 209 yards, one touchdown. It was an interesting game to say the least, uh, all the way through. Uh, long drives by both teams throughout the game, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, clogs up a little bit of time there on both sides of the football. Danny, this was an interesting game. Currently, uh again, he played okay. Uh, there's someone who's saying if they had Lamar Jackson, uh, Baltimore would have won this game, but. Don't know. Play who's available. Yep. Uh, and the Bengals wins. And they go on to play against Buffalo in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The rematch, uh, if you will, um, from from the uh game that was called off uh due to DeMar Hamlin and Dahl. But nonetheless, this is gonna be an interesting rematch. What to say to you about this Baltimore Ravens Cincinnati Bengals playoff game?
1: Yeah, Jason, the Cincinnati Bengals. They were just like, it was, they just kept Baltimore in it. And I give it to, uh, kudos to Baltimore's defense for hanging in there. Cincinnati, they lost three of their offensive linemen. So that may be a key storyline going into this upcoming week, the protection of Joe Burrow, uh, because Buffalo can get after them if they, you know, with the offensive lineman being down. Tyler Huntley, man, he he did the best he could. And the Ravens, They never have that. They have Mark Andrews and they have a a bunch of receivers that are good, but they don't have anyone great. And so when they needed some plays to be made from the receiver standpoint of, you know, so he can make some throws, they're not getting separation, man. What do you do? And for him to lose the ball the way he did, man, on that that sneak, when they ran it back, it was tough to see, man, because he – he actually had to play a few plays before that where he he made a scramble. Mm-hmm. It was like a 30, 40-yard scramble mm-hmm. to get him in right there to the goal yeah. line. Mm-hmm. And for them that for that to happen, man, I was kind of pulling for him in a way <laughs> Yeah. just yeah. because, you know, he was playing hard and, you know, the Ravens were just sticking around. So mm-hmm. I look at it this way, man. We had a good weekend of football. That 49ers game got it out of hand in the fourth quarter, but all in all, every game was pretty close.
0: Or we'll see what they can do tonight with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe I picked you, picked the Buccaneers, too, uh, for this game. This is going to be an interesting game tonight. We'll see what happens. That's all I got to say, man. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Yes. And now, on to a story that has been hitting the uh, social media world here. Uh, As we all know, Hall of Famer coach now coach Ed Reed, uh, has taken over the reigns unofficially. Uh, it's not official until they, he signs a contract with Bethune Cookman college, mm-hmm. excuse me, Bethune Cookman university. And, uh, over the weekend, um, there's been some social media posts by, uh, coach Ed Reed, uh, of him touring the facilities, more importantly, the, uh, various, uh, to track some of the buildings and he's posted and he has gone on this uh, rant, uh, if you will. He has later apologized, Um, he did send out a statement of apology to the university, but then also to the uh, administration. Uh, And that really just uh, sparked a, a huge conversation in the HBCU world, if you will, about Uh, Ed Reed, or really about coaches who come from the NFL, who went to uh, different schools and become coaches at HBCUs and their expectations. Um, One of the things that Coach Reed indicated was about the mindset of the administration and all who are over these uh, programs and over the money, et cetera, basically. As an HBCU alum, Interesting now in the world of social media in where not only pictures are worth a thousand words, the videos are worth a million words. One thing you have to keep in mind is that uh, this university, this school has gone through two different hurricanes and there's going to be uh, some form of uh, issues that remain and things that still need to be fixed. But I think what, Coach Reed was getting at was more so a pride thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a pride for your the facilities that you currently have, a pride for whether you're picking up trash or you having a plan to fix buildings, or you're not putting trash in uh, other buildings that are vacant um, that you own or whatever the case may be. I, I think the thing that most uh, HBCU or a lot of HBCU alums were gripping were about was the fact that airing the dirty laundry or keep it you should keep things in house. I think the thing that Coach Prime did at Jackson State when he first got there was really outlining the problems, mm-hmm. showing what the problems actually are. Now, granted, it was airing the dirty laundry but at the same token, how many of the alums at Jackson State, how many of the alums at Bethune-Cookman University actually knows that's what's happening? We need to do a better job of is reporting what is actually going down on the grounds at our respective universities. We don't know until we actually see what's happening at times or until we actually physically go. And by that time, they're just putting lipstick on the problem, basically. If you go during a homecoming, what are you going to do like the week or two prior to homecoming? They're going to clean that clean up. Clean it
1: up. Yeah. They're
0: going to make the whole the campus look as nice as possible. they are going to decorate it for you know for the alums coming in for homecoming. And then that's it. So it's interesting to get a look at what the university really looks like throughout the course of the year, however good or bad that situation may be. Now, is it right kind of how he came out and did it? I don't know if there's a right way to go about doing it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to showcase, if you're on the video what the problem is, if he said it with a nice, polite voice
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and said, oh, this could be better. This could be, you know, we should do this, we should do that, versus what it we did and just totally land The problem is still there. Yep. The common denominator is the problem. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something to be said that maybe we need to, as an HBCU community, look at our camp campus year round, especially for those. Uh, alumni base who are not physically on campus or physically in the city to see it on a month by month basis or quarter by quarter basis or semester by semester basis because you're gonna wonder what's going on down on campus other than the news that we're being filtered in and filtered to us. So do I agree with what Coach Reed did, and how he did it? I agree with what he did. You gotta know the problem how he did it, in terms of him being forceful, hey, that's a coach that you're all about to hire. You get you get what you get. Yep. Yeah. There's a way that Coach Prime did it, and there's a way that Coach Reed is doing it. Mm-hmm. You get what you get. Big thing is handle the problem, the common denominator. What say
1: you, Danny? Reed's approach Aerie's versus Dion's approach is Kind of similar in a way, because mm-hmm. Dion did the same thing, and which led to now they're looking at new facilities and building new mm-hmm. things, and and sometimes bad exposure. It may not is bad, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it could help with fundraising. It could help mm-hmm. with bringing alumni back to say, "Damn, you know, depending on when you graduated mm-hmm. and everything." Let's improve this, man. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. this day and age, mm-hmm. everything can be exposed. And you bring in someone like Ed Reed, where mm-hmm. he's kind of he's kind of following—I don't want to say following Coach Coach Prime—but it's a pro, ex-pro football player, and he's very outspoken. Mm-hmm. He's very passionate. If you want to mm-hmm. put it that way, and that's someone you want advocating for your school because he's going to put—he did what he did this weekend, or mm-hmm. you know, in the last couple of days. But at the same time, you know, he's going to go go to bat for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and for those at student-athletes, so from a student-athlete perspective, you know, you're like, that's where he has to change things, because if people come on campus, it's, it may impact his recruiting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he wants to nip this in the bud right, right now,
0: mm-hmm. besides
1: all the other things he was talking about, and it takes time, right, because it's not something they can just flip a switch, mm-hmm. but it's just planting that seed, and the way of way his delivery may have been it may have been uh off-putting to some people but at the same time mm-hmm. listen to what he's saying and because mm-hmm. <laughs> he cried he did crack me up because he was he had that cigar he was riding around <laughs> and he's like i know i'm like man i know this is pissing some people off but <laughs> but it's planting that seed because he's like hey we got some things here we gotta we gotta rectify
0: you no, know, and let me add this, Danny. I think the blueprint is Deion Coast Prime went to Florida
1: State.
0: we mm-hmm. went to the U,
1: the U, University yeah. of
0: Miami. They're used to quick turnarounds. They're used to seeing things being built facility wise. They're used to seeing things uh, given to um, the athletic programs quickly. And there's a quick turnaround in mm-hmm. seeing what has been given to what uh actually appears on campus in the athletic department. I think one of the things that Coach Reed and Prime is doing is, is accelerating the time frame mm-hmm. in where we're you know these HBCUs are getting or should be getting the athletic equipment, the facilities, whatever the case may be. Yep. Gone are the days where things should take five, 10 years to to really do, mm-hmm. it's about timing. It's, a, it's about what can we do in, in a three year period? What can we do in a two year period? What can we done in, in one year?
1: What's that roadmap look like?
0: What's the roadmap look like? And so I think it's putting people in a different mindset, like forget about five, 10 years. Let's think about three years and under, what can we do?
1: What can we get done right away? He's lighting a fire. What can we get done in this window? similar what you're saying. And what are those success factors? What are, What's the end game here too? So it's not just a whole bunch of things thrown against the wall. We want this, this and this, what's the priority? And what do we need to improve right away to make sure the student experience is not just students but coaches and um, faculty, that experience is the best it can be mm-hmm. as, as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, he lit a fire. And now we'll see what the repercussions are and what happens. We'll follow this story and keep everyone posted as we find out more.
0: Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is (laughs) backporchtalkpodcast.com. can also email us at backports talk podcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us and remember that there's enough hate in the world, so go ahead and spread a little love.